Hey everybody, my name is Alex and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Thank you everybody who listened to my last episode on Atomical Market. I was actually really surprised that anybody found that show, like, something they would want to hear about because, it, more or less, much less from me because uh, the way I encountered it was apropos of nothing, of just like, ooh, this looks like a soothing time that I can enjoy before work. Um, back when I worked a job that required a lot of commuting and tolerance. But the purpose of the first segment usually is lately is promoting the fact that I will be at Liberty City Anime Con in New York City. So if you're going to Liberty City Anime Con on the 18th, you can come and see me do what I do on stage for a purpose, um, instead of me just rambling thoughtlessly, uh, which is what I do on my podcast without a purpose, other than to talk about anime to anybody who will listen out there on the internet. Hi! Um, but <clears throat> I will be doing two panels at Liberty City Anime Con, the first of which will be Mommy and Daddy Hate You, Bad Anime Parenting. Which will basically be a wild ride through the most terrible parents in anime that I could round up between when I came up with the panel and what I'm doing now. Including some surprise guests that people may not think of. And one of which is the person who inspired the panel creation in the first place. The second panel that I'll be doing, which... Oh, and that Mommy and Daddy Hate You will be at 1 o'clock. Um, but the second panel that I'm doing will be at 6 o'clock, almost the end of the panel day on the 18th. And that will be my kind of signature, quote-unquote, if I have one panel, Full Metal and Beyond, a exploration of disability anime. And what that is, is, it is a dissection of... The representation of not only disabled characters, but disability as a concept in anime. Um, it's all the things that you've thought about and a lot of the things you haven't thought about, believe me. And what makes this really unique is I am actually physically disabled. I'm not mentally disabled, I should make that clear, even though I probably don't when I'm rambling into a microphone to you over the internet. You're probably like, this guy is real amusing because he's real weird and he barely makes sentences go, but I am a two-time cancer survivor, and wouldn't you know, going two rounds in the ring with cancer, specifically brain cancer, funny enough, um, it changes you a little. Go figure. And I came up with a panel to kind of show a potential audience, of of which there was a large one my first year I did this last year, what anime thinks of disabled people and what anime thinks of, like, the way the, like, culture of disability, which is a thing, believe it or not. So, that will be happening at 6 o'clock on the 18th of August in the Times Square Marriott at Liberty City Anime 
convention, and the first panel, Mommy and Daddy Hate You, Bad Anime Parent, Bad Parenting It in Anime, will be happening at 1 o'clock in the same hotel for Liberty City Anime. And that will probably be a more fun-filled, raucous time, I would imagine. But, uh, yeah, if you're going to be in New York and going to Liberty City Anime Con on that Saturday, come check me out. I promise I'll do my best to make sure you have a fun time. People people seem to last time, although that's what they told me, so who knows if they're lying. But that is not what we're here to talk about today. What we're here to talk about today is probably something I talk, plan on talking about a long time ago, like right after it came out a long time ago, and may have talked about, but it somehow dropped from the feed because I did some weird fluctuations with the feed um, for a while, but I'm done doing that now because I like my sanity and my free time to do things like play Dragon Ball Fighters, Dragon Ball Fighters, which the beta is happening in like a half an hour so I better get this I better get this done um but the <laughs> thing that I want to talk about today is a little an anime that was planned as a little anime and kind of took on a life of its own called A Place Further Than the Universe Now, the thing that I think I've talked about before on this podcast is that this anime inspires in me specifically is travel and the idea of traveling when you're young and how kind of magical it can all seem. When I was probably, when I, not probably, when I was nine years old, 
my mom saw it fit saw fit to take me to Paris to France in general but Paris mostly and I experienced things that I never would have experienced otherwise and my mom also took me my mom had taken me all over the world for at various different ages both more in the past and more recent but she does that because she thinks that she has a responsibility to show her kid the world. But not everybody thinks that. Not everybody grows up with a parent who uh, not necessarily doesn't appreciate travel, because I think everybody appreciates travel in some way, but who either prioritizes it or has the ability to prioritize it and travels in a way that is not. How should I put this? That is not tourist centric. For instance, Paris is the most visited city in the world. Um, I think only. I, I, I think, period. But there is a way you can go to Paris. And in a way, you can just visit Paris. And I've been to Paris a bunch of times in my life, and it's now less of... It's less like going to a foreign country, to a foreign city, and more like going to Philadelphia, if that makes any weird sense. Like, I don't go there often or all the time, but when I am there, I, I enjoy it, and I know how to enjoy myself and all that other blah, 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 blah. Now, the reason why I'm talking about this with a place further than the universe is because it, the show revolves around traveling to the to, to Antarctica. And it is about traveling to Antarctica when you haven't been a whole lot of other places. And... Lots of people will talk about the kind of dream, the kind of, like, fulfill your dreams and all this other stuff aspect of it. And don't worry, I'll get there in this podcast. But I want to take a moment, I want to appreciate the fact that this show is about a bunch of high school girls taking a trip, not necessarily to, like, a vacation hotspot or anything like that but to Antarctica, to one of the most, to the most desolate place on Earth. To one of the most, to one of the most dangerous places on Earth. And the show really plays that up because the main, one of the main characters, the person who kicks this whole thing off, her mother died in Antarctica. And these girls go willingly and they they are fascinated by it and once once they get there they they live it and they live it in a real way instead of in a tourist way yes they do tourist things i mean even i demanded to go to the to the eiffel tower did i want to go up it god no but i wanted to walk under it and i kind of wanted to get the picture and that's fine everybody has these Everybody has a kind of checklist of things they want to do in any given country they're in. But the 
the thing where people go wrong lots of times is they rely on the checklist too too much. So like this this show could have very easily been we're going to Antarctica and we're just doing it to be like goofball tourists and get selfies in in Antarctica. And part of this show is that and that's fine, but it's not the entire show. They go to Antarctica and they participate in the they participate in their surroundings. They are not they are not the Antarctica equivalent, whatever this would look like, of the 500-pound woman from Texas who who strolls through the streets of New York with her fanny pack on and takes up the entire sidewalk so no one can get by her. Just so she can look up at all the buildings and take a picture of the Empire State Building nine times. That That is a very different person than the person who gets off the plane in New York and is able to blend into New York and is able to figure out the amazing places to eat and is a- and and ask questions and participates in life in another place. Now the but that's not really the point of this series. The point of this series is it is about chasing a dream and it's about it's about chasing a dream and it's about being young and following through and self-actualizing yourself into making your dream a reality. The main char- the um, main girl who, give me a second, I might actually do some editing. Stunning, stunner, I know. Um, of this show has ended up saving up about a million yen, which is about, I want to say now, $100,000. And she... plans to use this to go to Antarctica with. Why? Because her mother went there and her mother died there. And actually, this mother might actually might end up in my panel because she is she's the kind of person who is Really, what's the best word for it? Um, she she's the kind of person who becomes obsessed with something, and she becomes obsessed with a place beyond most anything else, and they they. Throughout the series, they paint this picture of she wants to go to Antarctica. At first, you think it's to find her mom. You hope that. And then, it re- when it really hits the viewer that she's, that she's dead, that she really is dead, you start to realize that it's something else. You start to realize that... This poor girl needs closure because for her for her life when she knew her mother, her mother was obsessed with Antarctica. Her mother had been there, I think, before she died one other time. 
and she had written an, written an entire book about it. And while it's not abnormal for parents to have something they care about in addition to their kids, it's it's difficult for kids to live with parents who all but ignore them for another for for whatever their other other love is if that makes any sense um another great example of this is Todoroki from um my, from my hero academia it it's been a long day my my brain's a little but um so she is going for a number of reasons First, she's going to see what her mom saw and to experience what her mom experienced. She's also going for closure because her she she was just presented with the fact that her mom died. There was nothing. There wasn't anything for her to take of her mother's at all. So she was not neglected, but kept to one side for in her relationship with her mother for her mother's pursuit of Antarctica. And then she didn't even get anything of her mother's when her mother died. And, by the way, major spoiler warning for this show. If you haven't already seen it, you can see it just about everywhere. It's worth seeing. Go see it. But she eventually hooks up with three other girls. One who is this, like, high school girl who... Always wants to run away from home. Always wants to do something big, but never quite had the guts to. So her big thing that she wants to do before she leaves high school is this other girl's big thing. And I've got to get that character's names because it's gonna get it's gonna get hairy in a minute. But the next girl is a like. New, it's like a new starlet. It's like a new child star, basically. And she, at first, gets kind of pushed into going on the Antarctic expedition by her manager as a stunt. But eventually she finds a way to... She does it for herself because she wants to do it with friends and that she she realizes that She's become friends with the other girls. The last girl, and this is, this is the most. The last girl is really that I'm going to mention is probably one of the more interesting ones, because she is a high school dropout who managed to get her high school degree 
I think either early or she got it later without attending school, and she's been working and saving up money. So she ba- she basically start decide made the executive decision on her own to start her life early, if that makes any sense. And it, that really resonates with me because that that I wanted to do when I was a kid, and I'm sure every kid has thought about doing at some point, is just starting your life, just without, apropos of nothing, just starting your life and taking everything that comes and skipping the part of life that everyone tells you you have to do but isn't actually necessary. And if some of you are like, what do you mean? What I'm talking about is uh, up until about, let's say, freshman year of high school, you kept on a pretty rigid track and you're, you, you can't really move in any direction because you're, you're a kid. But once you hit 15, you can start work. You can, the, the possibility of you starting work, dropping out of school, and just living is totally doable. You could, you could do that. I mean, you'd have to struggle a little bit when you couldn't drive, but you, that's something you could do, especially if you live in a city like Tokyo, which is where they, they live in a, like a suburban city situation. Um, but most people just don't either because they don't think they have that option or they don't realize they have that option or so- something prevents that. So as someone who for much of his formative years felt out of control of his own life for various reasons, I really resonated with that character. And once again, I've got to find their freaking names. Um, but, so the, and she decides that she, that she wants to do this too. And then they go on a kind of mission to be allowed on the next public expedition. And the, way this show was shaping up for a while, it seemed like it was going to be just about them atte- ma- making the attempt. I, it was really, really, really unclear if they ever got to go to Antarctica. And it, it, there is a version of the show where they don't get to go to Antarctica. They, they make the attempt and they come real close and that's good enough. And it that that would have been kind of a letdown. What they did is that they actually go to Antarctica. And they encounter all the things that people encounter when, you know, they're young and traveling. Like, one of them loses their passport for an episode and they freak out. Uh, another one um, loses... Uh, it's like a- every hiccup that you can imagine from your first time traveling, if you had a first time traveling yet uh, already, then they, they encounter along the way. 
Um, and they just... But eventually they get on the boat. And they get on the boat. And you realize, oh, they're they're doing this. This is the thing they're doing. And it's a really, really, really satisfying... It's really satisfying for them to first... Show the kind of whole run up to them... Setting a goal and trying to achieve it. And then they... And then showing what happens after they achieve the goal of being able to go. And after they take this goal from this, like, wild, insane, pie-in-the-sky idea to reality. And the show makes a big deal of saying, hey, this is, this is not, this is not... an everyday thing. This is not, and this is so not an everyday thing that they, that, um, I believe it was, that, um, the, the girl whose mother died was basically bullied for most of her life, for most of her school career because Everyone thought she was crazy. Everyone thought that she would never be able to accomplish what she what she had clearly set her mind to. And there's a show. There's a there's a scene in the show later where she has her stack of money and she has this envelope of a million yen, and she's going. And she puts each like section of it on the on the floor and lays it out in a grid. And as she's doing that, she says, "She goes house cleaning, babysitting, moving van." And she goes through all of the jobs, and some many of which are multiples. And you realize that she has done what most people don't think they either don't think they need to do or don't really let themselves do when they set a goal she set a goal figured a figured out a way to that goal in her situation and then did everything she could to make that way work and there's something There's everything, really, like, to be admired about that, because, um, to give you a little personal anecdote, I have, I gave up my Roku box for, like, the main house TV, so we could all watch something, um, that has all the channels on it, and I had a Apple, and I brought the, the Chromecast, which was on the main, like, TV in the apartment. 
and onto my personal TV, and I just kind of hated the thing. So I and I'd always wanted an Apple TV anyway, but I don't make enough money. Lots of people don't make enough money where I can reasonably justify just dropping the money on it immediately. So I said to myself, okay, for the next three weeks, you're going to set aside 50 bucks. Then you'll have the cost of an Apple TV in three, in like three weeks long of salary. And I did that. What? Oh God, what is her name? Um... Shira said, "What Shira say does is a more is a more drawn out, more drawn out, more complicated version of that. She set a goal, and then she did everything she could to reach that goal, and she attached a financial value to that goal that she thought, with good reason, was appropriate. And it <laughs> ends up that she doesn't need to spend much of that money, but." She, the the fact that she went through the steps to make it happen for herself is what takes her out of this manic crazy place into a more considered logic logical territory of no I had a goal and I set out to do this one thing and now it's done but what's and I've heard um YouTubers specifically talk about how kind of like crazy Shira Thay is, but that's the thing, is she's not crazy. The it, things like normal and abnormal are defined by each other. There is no normal, there is no abnormal. Everyone has, essentially, their own versions of both. But what that what that means is, is when you perceive someone who is pursuing something in the realms of what they deem to be a normal idea, or even an extraordinary idea, but they have a normal, logical plan to achieve it, you look at that and you think... That's crazy. And now, the what you really mean by that is you mean that's not very thought out. What's your end game? And if someone says this is my end game and this is how I'm going to do it, then that and that and there are no and there are no or few leaps of logic in that process then it's totally doable. It's totally... Uh, it's become a standardized thing to that person, and it's doable. But in, like, the mind of a high schooler, especially a high school girl, I would imagine, if a girl says, I'm going to Antarctica, uh, you have a moment where you're like, sure, why not? But the difference with Shira say is she 
created a logical step-by-step process of how she would get there. And she knew exactly what she was doing, and she did it very carefully. Did she have, like, little moments because she's in high school? Absolutely. Because everybody does, even if they're not in high school. But the point is that she aimed for... She... She took what she need, she took what she wanted with her own hands, and that is, and that kind of individuality and like individuality in pursuit of a goal is, and this isn't even a Japanese thing; it's really a just general humanity thing. It's unique. We and it it's a it's unique, and b it's very aspirational. It is a quality that most of the kind of tentpole heroes have. I mean, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, most of most of the heroes of Star- of the Star Wars universe take what they want with their own hands. And the, uh, the standard American Western film is most of that. Has protagonists that are do that mostly, and so it's really popular. Partially because most people, most people, when they're presented, and this is not a bad thing. This is a uh, act of preservation when present when presented with a thing they want that is seemingly unattainable. Do not break it down. They 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 look at something and they see it all the way up on the hill and they don't even think about going to get wood and hammers and na- and a hammer and nails to make steps up the hill. They just look at it up on the hill and they say, I will never get there. The difference is uh, Shira they said that's what I want up there. How much for nail? How, how much for nails? How much for the hammer? How much for the wood? And how long will it take? And she went and she did it. And that's really, really amazing. And that's that's the real amazing part of this show that these four friends went went for it. They, yes, they all kind of latched onto Shirase's dream, but they all went for it, and they all went all the way, and they all did it completely. They all went to Antarctica for, I think it was like six months or something. And the, the, and the other thing about this show is, It's not nihilistic. It it has it has it certainly has fantasy to it, but it has a realism to it too. And all too often in anime, especially lately, the way things are, go figure. You see these characters who obtain 
everything they've ever wanted and they become everything they want out of something and they become kind of jaded. Think like Saitama from One Punch Man. Uh, He set out because he wanted to be the strongest hero in the world and he gets to be. But what that means is he attains this kind of Zen-esque depression. <laughs> because he he's someone who looked at who looked at the who was, came upon a hill with something he wanted on the top. Had the hammer and nails already and had the wood already and he built the stairs and got to it. And then he sat up on top of the hill. And Never went back down. Never, and he just got the thing he wanted, and it didn't do anything for him really. Uh, now, this is not. I'm not trying to make an argument for capitalism with my next example, but it's my earlier example, so it seems to fit. I wanted an Apple TV, and I knew exactly what I wanted. I did all the research. I went. I. Went out and bought that, bought the hammer, bought the nails, bought the wood, and made the steps. I went up and I got the thing. And am I like now like despondent? And does it does it like not do what I wanted it to do? Am I disappointed? No. I knew what I wanted. I went and I got it, and I enjoy it. Does it complete me? Does it make me whole? Does it make me a different human? No. In no way. But also, it's a thing. And what we're talking about here is an experience in this that these high school girls have in this show. And it's really, it's really great to watch a show, to, to watch anything, where the characters go after exactly what they want, they achieve it, and it's everything they dreamed of and more. And in Shirase's case, she... she sees why her mother loved Antarctica and why her mother went to Antarctica. And she experiences what her mother experienced in a really... in a really cathartic and meaningful way. But more than that, she experiences it with friends. She... She was always anticipating just going and just being in the place and not giving her some kind of connection. And she does get those connections, but they're more meaningful because she's sharing them with friends. And they have this scene, they have a scene at the end of the show where they go out to this very dangerous exposition point, the place where her mother died. And they go into the, like, expo- like expedition area, and they, op- they go into the base area, and they open it up, and she finds her mother's laptop. And it's one of the more...
It's one of the more emo. It is one of the last scenes of the show, but it's one of the more emotional scenes of the show because there is this realization on her part that her mother was listening and her mother was really deeply engaged and caring. She was just. It was just different, and she opens up her mother's laptop, She and she figures out the password, gets in, and sees all of her old messages. And realizes that her mom read all of them, and her mom cared about all of them, and, uh, until her mom's last moments. But what's really cool is is that throughout this entire show, there has been this kind of Shirase and Tamiko, Shirase, Tamiko, Kana, Shirase, Mari, Hinata, and Yuzuki have formed a really close friendship that doesn't that will probably never fall away that probably won't fall away for a lifetime and they also form friendship with all the people on the crew all of the ship all the people in the expedition sent in the, on the expedition site and Shirase in particular forms a forms a close bond with a colleague of her with a former colleague of her mother's an old college friend of her mother's who also went on the expedition and witnessed her mother being left behind because her mother had to be left behind. And that computer becomes their point of contact. And it it's this... It's this kind of amazing use of a form of communication, of a, of technology as a form of communication, as a form of communication that is handed down to another generation, to people who survive you. And it's, it's this really touching, incredible moment that, I've never seen anything like an anime before or since. And it's just... This whole show, from beginning to end, is surprising in a way that... Anime rarely... Rarely is even at its best. And the the fact that it's... One of the things people mention is that it's, like, gorgeously animated. It's got a great soundtrack... And those things are definitely true. But what it does even better than that is it tells a really amazing story that that is not so fantastical that it had to be told in anime. But it benefited from being... But it benefited from being told in anime because they can heighten everything just enough so that it reaches 
the right inflection point of entertainment and emotion, if that makes any sense. And these these characters all grow and they all mature and they all grow from the experience and it's it's just I mean at this point I'm gushing about the show and I if you haven't seen it I, go watch at least the f- first episode and you'll see and you'll see what I'm talking about it it manages to take something that could be it manages to take a premise that could be very slow and plotting at the start and make it exciting and fun and you it makes it so exciting and fun that you don't it makes you forget about the premise of it being primarily about a girl who is basically going to visit her dead mother (laughs) in Antarctica and that could be really depressing but it ends up feeling really cathartic. And it's nice to... It's nice to be... to, to watch a show where its goal is not to make you... not to wring your eyes out with sadness all the time. Its goal isn't to manipulate you into crying. It's into... It's to manipulate you into feeling genuinely about its characters and its world and its story, which is really difficult because there is there's a tendency to want to get people focused on heightened emotions on like the kind of teenager formative melodrama bullshit and things like Twilight, but or things like Twilight, or um, even what's it called, um, Death Note, where everything's all like operatic music and death is the consequence of thing. Uh, this show, the consequence. A, the consequences are never thought about because it... They succeed... All the characters succeed at their goals. Not without not without work or effort, but they succeed at their goals. But the... Effort is not to... Funnel you towards a depressing outcome, a depressing feeling at the end. The effort is to follow you towards this is how life goes, and you know, yes, your yes, your parent who maybe pays attention to something other than you still loves you to, your, to their detriment and to a fault still loves you. And uh, there is no normal, and all the other stuff I've been saying for this entire podcast. It's really, 
uh, it's it's really worth going and checking out. So, um, without further ado, and without further really bad bad plotting along here, if you liked this podcast, then I highly suggest that you subscribe to me on iTunes, on Google Play, on Spotify, on any of the services that you're listening to me on, because I'm on all of them. Um, you can also leave me a rating on any of those services of five stars, I hope, and let me know what you thought in comments for those services. You can also, fun fact, come check me out at Liberty City Anime Con on the 18th of August in the Times Square Marriott, where I'll be doing two panels. The first one is Mommy and Daddy Hate You, Bad Anime Parenting. That's happening at 1 o'clock. The second one is Full Metal and Beyond, an exploration of disability in anime. That's happening at 6 o'clock, all in the Times Square Marriott for Liberty City Anime Con at on the 18th. And on that note, I have been Alex. It's hot in my recording studio. And you have been listening to Lunchbox Radio. And I'll talk to you next time. ここから